This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. Once again, serenading us on the No Ordinary Pod, on the No Ordinary Pods and Radio St. Pete Network is Noah Hemer with that beautiful voice. No 30 second dun 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 dun. Just raw individual voice talent from Noah Hemer. And Noah, fresh off a once in a lifetime trip for you. Don't know if you've been there before. Two, your Mecca, your homeland, and your heart. And your football mind, Lincoln, Nebraska. Noah, how are you doing back in the 850? I'm doing well. You know, the recovery from the long weekend has been um, has been steep, but blessed myself with a nice long nap today. Um, seeing 86,000 Nebraska fans there for a practice, spring practice, is unheard of. Um I was genuinely impressed by the by the by how many people came out for the game, but at the same time, you know, there is no place like Nebraska. So I wasn't I was impressed but not shocked. Um it was great to see Christian McCaffrey's little brother, Luke McCaffrey. Uh he's an early enrollee, first semester there in Lincoln quarterback. So he'll be playing behind Adrian Martinez and the rest of those quarterbacks. Um, and he was what I was really looking forward to seeing the most because like we said after talking with FSU pod or FSU spring game there's not you're not really going to get a whole lot of trench work in the spring game you know there's no reason for your O-line and D-line to really go after it that aggressively Um, obviously they're going to be going after it because you know they're getting evaluated by their coaches but it's not going to be as nasty as it would be in season when you're playing in Ohio State or uh, a Michigan, things of that nature. Yeah, because that's all out. This is this is you know their teammates and they want to get better, but it's also no reason to put anyone in a in a risk. So as much as I wanted to evaluate the O line and the D line, um, didn't get to as much as I would have liked. But st- that stadium is awesome. That stadium rocks. Um, Luke McCaffrey runs like his older brother has vision like his older brother, knows how to extend plays. That was probably my favorite part is the way that he could extend a play, even though the quarterbacks were just getting touched. Um, he looked good scrambling, outrunning some DNs that weren't getting hands on him. Um, receiving core is thin, and um, especially after the departure of Stanley Morgan. Uh, Sounds like a who, law firm. It does, right? <laughs> um <laughs> especially really in florida does. we got morgan and morgan for the people and stuff like that but uh stanley morgan graduated he's first husker with over a thousand yards ever receiving so he'll he'll be have some big shoes to replace but um highlight of the trip i can't believe i haven't even mentioned this to you um you probably know him he played for the bucks uh kenny bell oh Fear yeah the fro, the fro. I saw I, after the game, I was out with my cousin, and how can you not identify the fro? Mm-hmm. Um, but I went up to him, got a picture with Kenny Kenny Bell. Um, short asked spell, him what his plan. Short short spell with the Bucks too. Short spell, promising but short. Just couldn't hold on to the football, which sucked because he was getting open, but could not hold on to the football, uh, which is a hard thing to uh, hard to be good in the NFL as a receiver if you can't hold on to the football. Um, <laughs> but he was getting open 
no one yeah. could keep up with his routes, but he couldn't catch the football. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, or if he caught the football, he was he was getting hit too hard and fumbling it, uh-huh. which is another issue in terms of <laughs> wanting to be a receiver in the NFL. But I asked him what his plans are moving forward, and he said that he got contacted by University of Colorado to go help coach their receivers. So, well, um, um, maybe you should reach out to him and get a little interview. Yeah, I'm looking potentially. at him. Afro Thunder, 143,000 followers. Man, you Nebraska people are, uh, you guys hold on to the couple talent people you have. And to build off, you know, what you started it with and you said um, nothing like that in Nebraska. The first thing that came to mind was there's nothing to do in Nebraska. But we're not here to insult the Midwest because, you know, they're great people there. That's where your family's there. I'm glad you had a great time seeing your one of your Lord and Savior, Scotty Frost, leading your Huskers, Adrian Martinez. Another McCaffrey, but I'm just, ha- I'm just happy for you that you got to make your pilgrimage. So, I will say wh- this though. Absolutely. Last final thought on it. I can definitely now appreciate the talent level, just pure raw talent level that's on FSU's roster in comparison to what Nebraska has. But can we coach like Scott Frost and do we have a quarterback like Adrian Martinez? That That's. Those are the two major questions Absolute, that absolutely. Nebraska has over over the Seminoles. And let's move from one red. Man, we're going to have a lot of red in discussion today. Well, I mean, our favorite team is mostly red. I can't think about it. I could bloviate for hours about Liverpool's phenomenal win over Chelsea. They're in the Champions League quarterfinals. Recording this Wednesday, 10 o'clock p.m. Wednesday, April 17th, 10 p.m. And But while I was watching it, I went to... My pub, London Heights. Shout out London Heights. And every TV is usually a Liverpool game. And I got there early, early for me, you know, 30 minutes early. And I talked to the bartender, who I got to know a little bit. And I'm like, hey, I want to be here. I don't want to watch the match on my laptop. Is there any chance we can have just just a corner TV? Just a corner TV of the Masters. She's like, absolutely. First off, she challenged She's like, the Masters doesn't start till 2. I'm like, do you live under a rock? The Masters starts at 9 rain delay come on get kept the program here so we're um, i know I, I get angry about my sports tv so watching it and as my liverpool reds were coming and blowing up the second half of their game winning two nothing tiger in red tiger woods was making his charge and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this but we're just going to talk about what it means because you and I, you, I, I golf a lot more than you, but you're a, you're a golf fan. You you like you like hitting like hitting in the um, hitting the stick down the fairway. So, as Molinari started choking, I didn't think Molinari was going to choke, and then Kepka hit one in the water, and then Poulter hit one in the water, and then on thir- on twelve this is, and then Finau hit one in the water, and the only one who didn't was Tiger, and that's when it happened. And then when he almost hit that hole in one on sixteen. Watching up and then just being a Tiger fan. Now, I was telling you this before the pod. Everyone loves Tiger. We all root for him, ups and downs. It's just nothing like that in the golf, in the in the, in the sport of golf. But even since then, Tiger's been probably the number one athlete and human being in my family in terms of who we support. Since 1997, we've just been a Tiger family. There's pictures of me in a Tiger Woods shirt when he used to have. It's blue. The It's gray with blue on it and Tiger's reading a putt. And we love him. What I saw Sunday was one of the few times I almost teared up in sports. Watching him hug his family, seeing him walk through, I don't know if you saw 
the saw the if you watch it live or the video, but seeing him walk through the gallery of people just screaming and hollering, I'm just like, man, this is awesome. And he wins his 15th major. Golf is now they Masters, of course, had ratings their best ratings in a while. Of course, it's Tiger. So for me, it just was you know as a person who plays golf, it's gonna stink because now people are more people gonna play golf and be on the holes and you know make my round go a little slower. I'm a speed golfer, but it was just an awesome feeling, and it's tough to see this sports moment being topped the rest of the year, and maybe even to close out the to, uh, this decade. So, what are your thoughts about Tiger winning this winning this major? A very well, was, just just to come. I didn't mean to say this, as a put this in medical perspective a little bit. That's what I want to talk about a little bit too. Is that this guy had a spinal infusion not through his back, through his stomach. So he could be able to play golf again. He went to a dinner in 2017, Masters dinner, saying he's like, I don't think I can golf again. And not even top all the personal trials. You know, yes, he's addicted to um, intercourse. Let's be mature here. Which, that's that's whatever. He, he ruins his own family, becomes addicted to painkillers, becomes addicted to become a Navy SEAL because his dad died and that brought him down a dark path. Goes through the worst injury that you could possibly go through in golf and now is winning the Masters. That but I want you just initial thoughts and then try to put in just a little bit of the spinal fusion into perspective if you can. Well, I was fortunate enough to get to watch this with uh, with Nino, you know, because he always has uh, some interesting sports takes. But we were watching in those back that particularly that back nine um, when he was trailing and. <clears throat> We were t- talking back and forth about, do you know how much it would suck to be whoever Tiger's playing with on the basis mm-hmm. that everyone, even, you might be the leader. Molinari was the leader, you know, mm-hmm. for, a ma- for a majority of Sunday. But no one cares how you do. And if they do care, they want you to not be hitting pars and birdies so that they can see Tiger move up the board. Like... People are ne- they they they're never going to actively boo him on the course or anything, mm-hmm. but there's probably I can only imagine that that's what the vibe is because everyone that's watching you is cheering for Tiger and rooting for Tiger and wants Tiger to win this. And as soon as we started discussing how difficult it must have been, is when he started choking. And as soon as it started going poorly for him, there was the look on his face was. It was good while it lasted. Um, I've never... I hate to say this because it, it kills me inside, but when teams in college football like Texas and Florida are good, the sport of college football is better. USC is a great example. When USC is good at football, it's better for the entire sport. Mm-hmm. I agree. When Tiger... And it does... It does not get any bigger in any other sport than when Tiger is good at doing well and performing well at golf. The the entire sport resonates and is better because of it. And that's how you know you have a generational transcendent player. When you can have an individual, one single person who got publicly bashed for his incidents with his crash in the SUV South Park episode made on it, like all this, uh, 
literally it's been so long <laughs> south park episode is hilarious though. tiger woods video game <laughs> <laughs> and, then it, and then it ends with carmen hitting it just playing real golf and goes oh man this game's boring it throws a controller down and turns it off <laughs> <laughs> so i mean he uh lost a lot of sponsorships lost a lot of money um went through his family hardships had to bounce back and had to, had to just had some decisions to make whether he's going to grind and try to get back to where he was or to call it quits and 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 roll over and i think i think we have to commemorate and admire anyone regardless of how you feel about what he did um and and everything that came out when all that news broke regardless of your opinions on that you can't you can't not respect the work the grind the passion that he's had Mm -hmm. to get back on top on literally the biggest stage in golf in the sport of golf and arguably one of the biggest stages in sports it's bigger than the super bowl it's bigger than the nba finals bigger than the stanley cup there are only a couple there are only a few things that top that. Maybe like the hundred meter sprint in track and field in the Olympics, World Cup uh the World Cup championship. Um yes. it, it's it's hard to top what the Masters brings in terms of uh, in terms of the authenticity and the glory that comes with winning the Masters. It's such a tough course. It's it's it, and it's impossible to get tickets there. It's impossible to get invited there. It's impossible to play there. And he bounced back after having a spinal fusion through his stomach just so that he could eventually play golf again. Mm-hmm. And I'm no medical expert. I, I can't really speak to what that process is like because you don't hear of professional athletes getting spinal fusions in their stomach and coming back and playing. And I think that's really the only way I can encapsulate it is that you don't hear about it because it doesn't happen. He tried for so many years to come back and everyone's like, Tiger's washed, man. He's never going to do it. His driver sucks. Can't get anything down the fairway. He's left and right all the time. And then as soon as he gets that, Tiger can't chip and putt, bro. Tiger can't chip and putt. And we're here now. He 2019 even, master he even, champion. He didn't even play like a great. He just played solid. Like he left so many just three three footers on the first two rounds. Easily could have ran away at the tournament, very easily. And that's just as crazy that the tiger. Like you mentioned, the tiger effect. The tiger effect's still there. All these years later, he's still the most talented golfer, which is mind blowing. Like he beat Roy McIlroy head to head match play a couple weeks ago, and Roy was the betting favorite. And now Rory was nowhere near the leaderboard. Spieth, don't even hear about him contending anymore in anything. It's pretty much just Kepka, Dustin Johnson, um, Justin Rose, these guys. And Tigers, and think about what makes Tigers so impressive is he's done it forever. And then he got injured, went through all these hardships, and now he's back on top. And he's going to be the U.S. Open favorite and the PGHE favorite and the British Open champion. And it's awesome. I have to watch. say this. I have to say this one thing, and I I hate to bring Kirk Cousins into this conversation, but it's really the only way I can 
encapsulate it. You can't fake it. You can't fake being good at golf mm-hmm. because your score is what your score is. You can't just be like, it's not Tiger isn't good at golf and didn't win the Masters because everyone wanted him to. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. On the flip side, though, in a team sport, Kirk Cousins can look a lot better. His numbers look <laughs> a lot better. But that doesn't mean that he's good. People might want him to be good and he might succeed because the people around him want him to succeed because there are a ton of other players in the team on the team. But that doesn't mean that he's good. You know, Tiger individually did this on his own, obviously with the help of others, but he's the one that had to perform at the end of the day. He's the one that had to hit the ball down the fairway and get it in the oh, hole man. Um, to put to put golf into layman's terms. But yes, I am comparing Kirk Cousins to Tiger and it, oh. that's that those two people should not even be spoken in the same sentence but i did it so kirk cousins kirk cousins gave the pregame speech to michigan state <laughs> pat mahomes pat mahomes gave the pregame speech to texas tech i wonder who came on top in the end of that battle <laughs> oh, oh man that was wild we always got to go back to kirk and i never and i there's literally never enough time in the world for kirk slander i want to go to the there's you know what that's a good transition to the schedule thing. Let's just do it because we're gonna go. We're gonna go into the Bucks because the Bucks have a brutal schedule, and then we'll go over some Monday night football games. Talk a little bit of dra- not not dive into the draft a lot, but just talk about stuff because next week we're going to do a full out mock draft for the first round. Talk about what we, do the Bucks plan? Maybe we'll do the Bucks plan in its own podcast or the draft and it's or just. And draft, and then we get to pick five. Talk about the whole Bucks thing, but let's do a little practice, you and I, about Kirk, because NFL schedules were released. It won't surprise me if the NFL Network got the best ratings of the night, even over three playoff games, NBA playoff games, because the NFL is the king. So Viking schedule. Let's not even go record. Let's just say, which ones do you think? Who has the quarterback advantage? Minnesota. or their opponent (laughs) let's start with (laughs) this is great i know i love it uh let's start with the atlanta falcons in minnesota i think the question that we have to ask ourselves to really be able to um have a concrete way of of analyzing each of these games and take emotion out of it is you have to think would i rather have kirk cousins on the vikings or would i rather have fill in the blank quarterback on the vikings would i rather have kirk cousins or i rather have matt ryan i rather have matt ryan so matt ryan so atlanta all right number two uh is the green bay packers so i'm just gonna go to number three um Derek carr no kirk cousins it pains me to say that but i have never been a Derek carr believer i think they made a mistake Mm -hmm. by paying him as much as they did and it would be blasphemous of of myself if i picked as much as we slander kirk cousins i have to give respect where respect is due and i'd rather have kirk cousins on the vikings than Derek carr i think i want to buy all of your Derek carr stock for this season I think I'm. I think I'm going to buy him. I don't know. I have a weird vibe about the Raiders. Let's go to the Bears, Trubisky. This is all you, because I would unfortunately rather have Kirk Cousins. Um, until I see more improvement from Trubisky, I'm also 
Kirk Cousins on this one. Hey, Kirk Cousins, two for two and two. He's going to be two and three and two because the next game's Eli Manning. So let's just chalk in three and two. We've talked about the Giants at nauseum sometimes. Eagles, Wentz. I mean, it could be Nate's whatever Nate Sudfeld. I'd probably still go Nate Sudfeld. Um, three and three. Do we have to talk about that? Don't think so. No. All right. Next, Lions. Oh, Matthew Stafford. Don't even have to think twice about it. Imagine Matthew Stafford on the on the line or on the Vikings. It'd be nice. It'd All be right. awesome. That's a gunslinger I'd like to see. Three and four. Next, the Redskins. Case Keenum or Alec, or a healthy Alex Smith. Let's go Case Keenum for this practice. The thing is, is oh, man, that's tough. Um, mm. Are we saying just at their – at? Would Case Keenum have the same contract value that Kirk Cousins has right now? Good point. Because I'm thinking, because I'm thinking, would I rather have Case Keenum on the Vikings than Kirk Cousins? Yes, if the contract wasn't the same. Okay. Would you rather have Trubisky on a rookie contract? Yes. Okay, that's a long term. This is one one off game, so that's why I wasn't throwing the contract in it. But. That's just what comes to my mind when I'm thinking because mm-hmm. that's the, I think that was the whole debate for them, you know, when they were when they decided to not sign Case Keenum and sign Kirk Cousins was, do you want to pay for a high end quarterback or do you want to keep what you got? Um, my opinion, I would have kept what I got and tried to reload other places. But hey, what do I know? Um, I'm not a Kirk Cousins believer, Mm-mm. so I'd have to say, <sighs> man, watching Case Keenum in Minnesota was fun. Um, but I have to give it to Kirk because he throws a prettier ball. All right, next, uh, um, it's Mr. Mahomes. It's, yeah, it's the Chiefs. Let's just let's just yeah, not even talk. Um, Dallas, I'd go Dak. I'm a Dak guy more so than you. Would I rather have Dak Prescott on the Vikings or Kirk Cousins on the Vikings? That's about as big of a push as I can give, so I'll give it to. Uh, it's Peyton. Both trying to say both of these things makes me want to vomit. Um, I'll give it to Kirk. Oh, oh my God! You're, so you like Kirk more than you think, um, and you're probably going to like Kirk over Joe Flacco. Uh, okay, I take that one back. I'd rather have Dak just because I can't. <laughs> Say that I can have Joe Flacco more than <laughs> more than Kirk. So yeah, I'll go Dak and then and then Joe Flacco. Okay, all right. You mean Dak and then Kirk? Yeah, but I mean okay. Joe Flacco's below. Okay, all right. Next we but have yes, Seattle, yes. which we're going to talk. Rather have Kirk. We're going to talk about Seattle. We're going to talk about Seattle in a second too, because there's more NFL news than we think. Which we just had to go through the process. We came to the Vikings for that reason. Lions. You already said Stafford. Chargers. Philip Rivers. Come on now. Um, Rogers and then Trubisky at the end. So you're kind of you're kind of even on it. I'm a little less than you. Although I think we came up to the same things. I think we we're even in that. All right. And that was this week's Kirk Cousins. Dude, we have to get a sponsor for Kirk Cousins slander every week. We have to. But we have more important things to talk about. Do you want to talk about <laughs> Russell Wilson? <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Russell Wilson thing or are you just like quick thoughts? It's like the Seahawks finally caved in and paid their franchise quarterback. Maybe they should use him more. Um, 
But I mean, I don't really have anything to say. You're gonna you want a quarterback. I know there's a bunch of articles and podcasts written about this, but it's pretty. It could get done in a tweet link. I'm not a guy who wants to tweet out thoughts because I like to write it out. But you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You already underutilize him. So what is any debate about? You know the the biggest the biggest advantage in football is having a great quarterback on a rookie or reasonable contract. In the NBA, it's the version of Steph Curry signing a four-year, $50 million contract because he had ankle problems, and then that allowed them to get Kevin Durant. This is Russell Wilson is now taking the bulk of the contract, bulk of their salary cap. We've seen Frank Clark tweet out some stuff. You know, there's We don't know what's going to happen with Frank Clark. But you have a quarterback who's great like this. The Brady thing is a once-in-a-lifetime situation because his wife makes more money than him per year. That's not going to happen more often than not. And the thing about the Seahawks is Sierra probably makes a pretty penny per year too herself. But I didn't buy Russell Wilson wanting to leave because he's in the ownership group that bought that brought a hockey team to Seattle, NHL team to Seattle. So I think that was just him using the media and the leverage play to get a better contract, which happens all the time. So I'm happy the Seahawks find that this. I can't imagine the Seahawks without Russell Wilson. I can't imagine Russell Wilson in any other uniform. So kudos to them for getting it done. Um, and I'm glad that the the best, my favorite uniforms and color scheme in pro football gets to keep probably a top six, seven quarterback in the NFL. I, I love Russell Wilson. And he's done so much for so, like him and Marshawn were the engines of that, of that team and after Marshawn left they've had such a hard time get that run game going but there's been one constant no matter what and it's been Russell Wilson his ability to extend the play and again it comes back to this whole baseball thing man he played you know he he has done gone through some spring trainings but I was just watching some of his uh some of his highlights that came up like on my feed after signing the steal and then I went back and watched some of his like season highlights on YouTube and the dude makes it look so easy, and he flicks the ball with such ease. He's not a big dude, but he gets such great torque uh, on his throws, and they're powerful. And you don't, you know, this. A lot of the times, I judge quarterbacks by how do I feel when they let go of the ball. For example, growing up, big Nebraska guy, Taylor Martinez. Oh, really? Every time, every time he threw the ball, I would cringe, just cringe, because I had no idea where it was going. I have a very similar feeling whenever Kirk Cousins throws the ball. Because I'm like, oh, Lord, where's this going? But with Russell Wilson, I don't get that feeling. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, he could be making the most ridiculous throw in the world, like where he shouldn't even be throwing the ball. And I'm like, I don't I don't cringe. I don't I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get all worried about it. Um, Tyler Lockett finally has come onto his own. He he seems like a guy that... that he seems like a genuine dude. Just wants the best, you know. I uh, I personally love Russell Wilson. I think given more help um at the receiver position, given more help on that on the O-line first and foremost would do wonders in a getting the run game going and then if you got the run game going, 
again, I'm not a big like, oh, you got to run the ball so that you can pass it. You got to pass the ball so you can open up the run. It's not necessarily you have to do one so that you can get the other. Mm-hmm. It kind of just sometimes works out that way because if you're running the ball down their throat, they have to put more people in the box. As soon as you get more people in the box, what happens? You get one-on-one opportunities on the outside. You get one-on-one opportunities with a tight end and a, and a safety. You get one-on-one opportunities with a running back out of the backfield against an inside linebacker. That's 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 the great thing about running the ball is you get better looks on the outside with the pass game. And same with the pass game. You know, you, you start throwing the ball all over the God's creation, and then eventually you're gonna get five. You're gonna get five on five in the box, five mm-hmm. linemen. Five O line for and a running back versus three down linemen and two linebackers. Like you got numbers, you got advantage. You can run the ball now, because um, that's all. That's all football is. It's just numbers, leverage, and positioning. That's all it is. Um, so, finally, Russell Wilson's not going to have to do everything on his own to get that offense to just try and score points. And they. This is just bringing back their performance in Dallas where they should have just kept throwing the football, but they didn't. Um, and you have a top five. I think I quarterbacks I would take – what quarterbacks would you take over Russell Wilson? Uh, let me go through it real quick. All right. NFL. Mahomes. I, I saw a poll. Um, Dan Rovlosky, I very much value his football and quarterback opinion. He said that – Top three right now are Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes in that order. And I kind of agree with that because I know that Brady Brady and Rodgers are not in their prime, but I feel like, you know, Brady beat Mahomes twice last year. And when Rodgers at full health, I mean, he's still the most talented thrower the ball I've ever seen. Mahomes is there. is going to be there very shortly, but I'm just not ready to put him there yet. Um, Cardinals, no. Falcons, no. Ravens, no. Josh Allen, yes kidding um <laughs> cam no trubisky no dalton no baker not yet dak no joe flacco no stafford no rogers yes deshaun watson huh, no andrew luck yes bortles no not bortles nick Foles. <laughs> that's tough for me also go russell wilson um closer than people think in my opinion mahomes Yes. Rivers. I'd say yes. You give Rivers Keenan Allen, I think it's I think it's not even fair. Um Rant, Goff, no. Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. <laughs> He's gonna be so entertaining to watch this year. Dude, buy all Devontae Parker stock because he is just gonna be throwing it fifty yards downfield all the time. Um, Kirk Cousins, come on, <laughs> I wish you could see the face I'm making, um, Tom Brady and Breeze, yes, Eli, no, Darnold, no, I hate the Jets' new logo, Derek Carr, no, Wentz, no, Roethlisberger, no, Jimmy G, no, Winston, no, Mariota, no, so let me go through it, and Case Kim, no, I said Breeze, I don't even know if I take Breeze over him, I counted six, one, two, three, I counted four because I had you must you counted my Jess Josh Allen joke um, <laughs> I guess no uh, you got you got Breeze you got Rogers uh, Brady 
Rogers, Mahomes, Mahomes Luck, Luck, and you had one more. Could be wrong though. I think that was it. I'm pretty sure that was it. I don't even know about Breeze anymore. Honestly, I'd probably go Russell, <laughs> Russell over Breeze. He's a top five quarterback in my eyes. So I go. I, I take four quarterbacks over him: Luck, Mahomes, Brady, Rogers. I just I just think of it this way: How many offenses would be so much better if Russell Wilson was on their team? Wait, what? What? What was the first part of that question? No, I I just think about this sometimes. Do you know how many offenses would be so much better if Russell Wilson was playing quarterback for them? And they have competent for, coaching. And a competent O-line play, which they actually kind of got last year for a little bit. But I'm just... Seattle needs a... We'll, we'll go more. We'll have these discussions next week. But if Seattle needs a draft, O-line receiver to start next... next um, to start their draft next year, next in two weeks. Next, it's next week or dang next week. They have to go O lineman if there's an O line if Andre Dillard falls or a Jawan Taylor falls or the dude from K State falls. Any of these guys falls. Cody Ford, you gotta draft one of them. Or even Garrett, the center from NC State, you gotta Bradbury. draft. Yeah, you gotta draft one of them, and then draft one of these receivers in these deep classes because Doug Baldwin is injured. You have a couple receivers who can do a couple things, and that's go deep. Go get a go get AJ Brown on the slot. That'd be a dream. Go get um, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but everyone hypes him up. The white dude, I can't think of his name. Um, but yeah, this is a deep receiver class. Are you talking about from the the guy from West Virginia? No, no, Sills. I think Sills is going to be a steal, like undrafted steal, because he just gets open. Um, is he projected to go undrafted? I think so. I mean, if that's if that's true, that is a crime. That's that's just a crime. What's his I name? I love I love David Sills. Okay, David Sills. Yeah, let me look. I could see him not being maybe like maybe not even being a day one or day two pick, but man, this there was this receiver class and this running back class is so deep, so deep. They have him and they have him at. Or draft projection. Lanzer line has him at rounds four to five. That's fair. But with how deep this receiver class is, that's fair. And but it actually says wide out forty two. I don't know if that was his combine number or what, but NFL backup or special teams potential is how the NFL.com grades him. I can't think of his name. I need to look up I need to go to Twitter and look that up. But um. Yeah, we'll get into more of that next week. The next week's podcast could be a very, very long one, and hopefully it is because we're going pre. We're gonna probably try to do one Tuesday. Try to get one out, maybe even Monday. Get one Monday or Tuesday. Get them out, and then do a, a reaction show Thursday at night, right after the right after the the draft. So, but once again, I mean, we're we're gonna try to go the main topic of our whole podcast be the Buck schedule, but it's thirty five minutes in, and typical, you know. It's what we do. We haven't even mentioned the Bucks, so let's transition to the Bucks. And their schedule was released, and we're just going to read it out. We're going to get overall thoughts, and then we're going to give something we like to do is like to look ahead and project win or loss per thing. Right now, before the draft, so let's they go. They host the Forty ers Quick week travel to the Carolina Panthers. Um. Nose, give me a foot. Oh, sorry. I was moving the 
Oh, I was just mouse. like, I was like, oh man, I was like, what's going on over there? Um, <laughs> we keep it rolling. We're live here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> short week Thursday night to Carolina. Then they travel to host the Giants. At then they go west. Start a um, a span a road trip that spans two months. When they go to the Rams, to the Saints, across the pond, we lose a division game to face the Panthers again. By week at Tennessee, at Seattle, host Cardinals and Saints to Atlanta, to Jacksonville and Duval, host Indianapolis. Up north to take take on Detroit and then host Texans and Falcons. Noah, initial thoughts on the schedule. Just brutal, man. Like, there's no break. You know, opening against San Fran is scary because you have new head coaching staff, um, new offensive system, new defensive system. Kings are going to have to get worked out. Um, nice that it's at home, but nonetheless tough. And then you have to go straight into a short week and play a key divisional game on the road in Carolina. And our divisional games are always just so tough. You kind of get a nice little break week three with the Giants, assuming that their roster doesn't somehow, some way become viable. Um, Dude, it's Eli Manning. Like I said, somehow, some way. Um, so that's nice. But then you got to go against on the road against the defending NFC champions. You got to go on the road again to who should have been the defending NFC champions. Then you got to go, oh, you get a home game, but you don't because y'all got to go to London for the week and London. play Carol. Got to go to London and, and play Carolina. For the second time in a month. And the first time you played them was on a short week on the road. And then, fortunately, you know, you get the bye week after after having the travel across seas. But it doesn't get any easier because your first two games are on the road at Tennessee and at Seattle. Tennessee, assuming they get their quarterback situation figured out, should be rolling. One of the better, but one of the better run teams that they have. Derrick Henry really came on. Deion Lewis should be getting more touches in that offense. I'd love to see what Mariota can keep doing, especially if he can get that nerve regeneration back in his elbow. Mm-hmm. But then you got to tra- travel literally to the farthest possible place for the Bucks to play. Mm-hmm. At see, like literally 3,000 miles, like polar opposite ends. And you have to travel to Seattle to play very far away from home in probably that Seattle and Arrowhead for Kansas city are the two, probably the two toughest places to play in the NFL. Um, tell me if, tell me if I'm wrong. You're not wrong, but I have this circled as a game I want to go to on the schedule. That Seattle game. Oh yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's going to be an awesome game. I Hopefully it's not, but at the same time, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's tough because like you said, end of September all the way into November, there's no true home games. There's not a single home game going to be mm-hmm. played in Raymond James other than by South Florida Bulls. 
then we you get go a break, game by game of the kinda. schedule. We go to game by we go game by game of the schedule. I have a theory about Seattle that I'm very confident in that game, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, it's just tough because like you get. I think there are three breaks in this game in this schedule. Playing the Giants after a short week, week three. And then again in week 10 when you're playing Arizona at home. First home game. Second, no, third home game of the season 10 weeks in. <laughs> oh which is God, Yeah. Third home game, true home game of the season after 10 weeks. And then after that, your only other break, in my opinion, is going to be week 15 when you're playing at Detroit. But I, you know, I'm a biggest, I'm a big Detroit fan, so we never know how that will go. Exactly. On paper, it looks like it has the chance to be a break game, but probably won't be, especially because it's on the road. Nice though, it's on the road indoors. Mm-hmm. Our last three, our last four games are indoors, or no, last three are indoors. At Detroit, no, no, I lied. I lied. I take back what I said. Um, I thought that I thought the red on the Houston meant that it was on the road. Um, mm-hmm. That's home. Um, but you know they're not going to be playing. They don't have to worry about weather on the back end of their schedule. But man, I'm I'm curious to see if there's a team that has a tougher slate in terms of teams that they play and. <laughs> and back-to-back road games. That's mm-hmm. legitimately one, two, three, three weeks on the road, and then you're home for a week, and then you're two more weeks on the road. And your home week is a bye week where you don't even play. Exactly. And your two and your four away games are Rams, Saints, Titans, Seahawks. That's four, three three playoff teams and one team that was tied, and that's why they missed the playoffs. And their quarterback was injured the whole time, so it's 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 gonna be brutal. But it's always it's it. I heard it's the that, NFL baby. It is, and I heard this stat about we don't know how, we can't predict injuries in the future and that stuff. But I heard a stat that the Patriots travel west of the Mississippi River one time, one time, and I don't think we travel that much either. Twice, I see two at least. I'm not my geog- um, my geography's not really I, I think three I think only two times. We travel maybe Detroit, um, maybe Detroit. One two Yeah, I think three. Look at the Mississippi River on Google Google Maps real quick. Let me see how where where the cutoff is. This river's so long. I'm I'm a I love geography, but I don't remember being I remember being this long, but it's just incredible. Okay, so we're gonna be east of the Mississippi for the Tennessee game. Okay, can I get a full map, please? Is it really this hard? It's 2019. I should you should hear me through my mic. Oh my god! Legitimately though, I hate that. I don't know how you feel about that, but I absolutely I hate it. I hate knowing that people are listening to what I'm saying. Like, things that we talk about on the pod pop up on my phone later, oh, yeah. and it really annoys me. Ugh. We go, we have two games where we go east and west of Mississippi. So, like, it's not the worst thing. But our two games are the, the L.A. and Seattle, which is across 
the whole entire country. And then we got to go across the pond. Ah, schedule guides are not with us. It's just how it is. So, shall we break down the schedule? I mean, I pretty much just kind of ran through it myself. I mean, we can we can quickly jot through it. Though. I'm I'm talking um, wins losses. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Got my trusty orange pen. Pre-draft, pre-draft. Yes. Um, predictions. Take this with a grain of salt. We thought last year I said eight and eight. You said nine and seven. Um, do not factor in the suspension at the time, and we do not factor in that we would have the worst defense in arguably the history of football. So in all of America. Yes, America. So, Forty ers at home week one. I have a win. Yeah, but, me too. All right, win, win. Quick trip to Carolina Thursday night. Uh, let me let me put it this way: if we lose our home opener, oh, it's going to be a tough, tough eight nine weeks. It's mm-hmm. all I got to say. Okay, the Panthers play the Rams before they play us at home. And here's the other thing. Is Cam Newton going to be playing? I am going to be under the assumption that they are going to be playing until I see Carolina bring in another quarterback that would suggest saying that he's not going to be playing. Okay, Charlotte Observer says Panthers evaluate draft for potential backup to Cam, and there's no timetable for when he'll start to throw again. I'm still... Arthroscopic surgery on his throwing shoulder, second procedure on his shoulder in a year and a half. Um, he has regained some range of motion. Um, yeah, I, I'm not 100 percent sure he's gonna play. I'm gonna be under the assumption that he's playing until I hear that he's not playing. All right, so you have lost. Sounds like on a short week on the road. Yeah. All right, I'll go. Oh, you have lost. Uh, I want to say win so bad. I really do. I really do. Because they're not going to have Thomas Davis. Unless they're not going to have Thomas Davis. I'll go loss just for the sake of loss. All right, Giants win. Yes. Win, win. Rams. Win. You You have the win too? Yeah, Rams suck at home. I'll go loss for that game. But... In New Orleans, I'm going win. I was going to go loss. Okay, so we both have him at 3-2 and two heading across the pond to Carolina where I'm going to go win. Loss for me. You're gonna, we're going to get swept by Carolina? Yeah, that's why I hate that, that, the, that the schedule's that way. If Cam's playing, as of right now, how I see our roster, we can't hang. Dang. Look at the Titans schedule before they play us. They're playing um, Chargers at Denver and Buffalo the prior weeks. Oh, no yeah. bye week beforehand. In LA, I like the Bucks off the bye week. I'm very optimistic about the Bucks. I think it's because Kenny G is absolutely destroying the saxophone right now in my headphones. <laughs> um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go win against Tennessee coming off that bye week. Alright, what well, who the Seahawks play? Do you have the schedule up already? 
Yeah, yeah, I can pull it up. Seahawks before they play Tampa is at Atlanta. Wait. Oh, they got to travel yeah, too. At, they got to travel at too. At Atlanta, Baltimore, and then at Cleveland. So kind of a tough three games. Um, and then the week after they play us, they play at San Francisco on Monday night. So depending on how San Fran is, they could be looking forward to that game. But it is their f- I like, the, I like, the, I like that you have met four and three more than I have met five and two. Yeah, I did say yeah. I I did say best case scenario. Yeah, I'm gonna go loss in Seattle because I until I see it, I cannot pick the Bucks to win a high marquee game like that on the road in probably one of the toughest places to play. Here's my thinking about it: Who's the one coach that has always owned Pete Carroll? <laughs> that is very true. He's Bruce. He won with Drew Stanton there and they had the Legion of Boom. He knows that system. And he'll be going in with his most talented quarterback I he's ever know. had. Oh, Carson Palmer. Oh, I don't want to go there. Oh, I can't. At the time, you have to you got you gotta look at the time. I can't. Carson can't. Palmer at the end of his career was rough. Yeah, I he almost won MVP though, which is crazy. Ugh. dude, totally I honestly, ACL. I honestly just love the Bucks' offense. I am in love with the offense. I would not even be mad if we traded up a second and third round pick to draft Hollywood Brown and just draft as many. I just want the greatest offense of all time because Todd Bowles will improve the defense, and us drafting Ed Oliver or Josh Allen or Boza or Quinnen Williams in the top five is going to just enhance our D-line so much. I don't know what to do. I'm looking at this piece of paper. I kind of want to change my Saints loss and then just give him a win this game. Do it. I'm going to do Nothing that. Nothing stopping you other than yourself, my lord. I know. Oh, Game of Thrones. Game of... <laughs> okay, I'll give him a win. So they're 5-3. and three. I feel a lot better at 5-3. Five, five and three. Revenge game against the Cardinals. Dub. First home game in, or yeah, first home game in like five weeks. Dub. I got him winning five, uh, four in a row right now. Um, home versus the Saints. Dub. Love it. Love it. <sighs> I'm giving him a loss. I don't think we, ah, uh, nah, we split. I'll give him, we split. Okay. At Atlanta. Dub. I went loss. We never play well there. At Jacksonville, loss. Yes, agreed. Home Indy, win. Loss. I got him win. I I understand why, but I can't give it to I can't give it to them until we get at Oliver on that D line. That'll be a fun, interesting game. That mm-hmm. O line against this D line. Mm-hmm. Vita Vey, Ed Oliver, JPP. Other piece, uh, <laughs> came on strong. Yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully we get some, we're going to be an aggressive defense. It's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give a loss, but that O line versus that D line could be interesting. Okay. Detroit. Dub. I went loss with an asterisk though. I put asterisk next to it. Um, let's put asterisk next to our names. Just cause it's just asterisk in general. Um, home Texans win cause they're not addressing the O line for me. Um, let me see where Houston's at because that's a Thursday night game. Ooh, they're playing at. They played 
home against Denver at Tennessee, and then they're at Tampa. Um, Thursday night games. It's not Thursday. Is, it's not Thursday. It's Saturday. It? It's Saturday or Sunday. It says the twenty first or twenty second. Oh, yeah. Well, then this schedule lied. Um, oh, it's just date and time TBD. Gotcha. Um, well, I was going to say my rule on Thursday night games is if you ever really can't decide, always go with the better coaching staff. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why New England will never, ever, 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 ever lose a game on a Thursday night. It just won't happen. Um, but now that that game's not on Thursday night, I would go Houston as well. Dub. Oh, we beat Houston? Or like. Yes, yeah, sorry, that okay. was confusing. Yes, we beat Houston. All right, let me do some calculations for week nine. Two, 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 three, 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 four, three, five, three, six, three, seven, three, seven, five. I got them at nine and six. God, man, I really must love this team. Actually, looking through the schedule, I'm really not that intimidated because we can score with anyone. If we get any defensive help, we'll be really good. And if Jameis, like, I'm just count. This is, like, me, the best case scenario, in my opinion. You have him at 3-1-3-3-4-3-4-4-5-4-6-4-7-4. You have him at 8-7, and seven, heading into Atlanta. Heading when we post Atlanta. I My my win gets in the 10-6, which is ludicrous, in my opinion, but... I, I think they get the dub against Atlanta. So you get in the nine I and think seven. They, they split those. They they'll split every division game, but they won't split with Carolina, in my opinion. You think they'll get swept? Unfortunately, yeah. Because that Thursday night game, I don't think there there's a chance that we're winning that. Um, and I just don't feel good about this Bucks team going into London. Not until I see something that makes me think otherwise. Well, we went through the schedule once, and we're a lot more optimistic. We, like I've been saying, our young DBs develop like we want them to, like we want them to, like we say. Um, we get some balance because there's reports that I'm not going to fall for it again that the Bucks are head over heels with Ronald Jones. We get a different run scheme. We get a bunch of stuff like that. I'll feature a lot more Chris Godwin. I genuinely love this team. Like we should have special man. teams airs kick. OJ Howard healthy. We still have break. There's a lot of things to go. We should have won at least three more games last year. Coaching and dirt cutter and defensive fallacies. Speaking speaking of third. Speaking of New England winning on Thursday night, we should have beat them at home on Thursday night. Should have beat Pittsburgh at home. Like, kicking and stupid, stupid, stupid penalties is literally what the season boiled down to last year. Kicking has what this entire franchise has been boiled down to because we had Matt Bryan and he was great, but... No one's been able to live up to the hype of Martin Gramatica. Or Matt Bryan, either. Matt Bryan's a free agent. I know. It's nuts, right? Uh, we should sign him. But uh, very quickly, because we have, we have about five minutes left. 
we already gave we already gave away our hand. Bucks draft thing. I don't want to reach for Brian Burns. I don't want a project plan Montez Sweat. I don't want a linebacker in Devin Bush or Devin White. I, I, I'm still adamant that Devin Bush is going to be better than Devin White. Very well could be. What I do want is Ed Oliver. Because it seems like he's going to fall the same reason Aaron Donald did. Not comparing Aaron Donald to that player, that personnel, or that type of player, the best player in football. But undersized in college, dominant in college, but size and all these things are just reasons why he's not considered a consensus top five pick. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald fell to like 12 or 13. You add Oliver, like to like you said, David Ve, that's pressure up the middle. That is dominant. And that's going to allow Todd Bowles to get creative in his split schemes. Todd Bowles could even say, you know what, I'm not even going to blitz that much. I already have Oliver and Vita Vey wreaking havoc in the middle. I'm just, all of these things combined with the fact that we don't need to, we, do we, we need to pass rusher, but I don't see the reason in, in reaching. We want to win now. Ed Oliver is a win now player. Brian Burns is not. Montez Sweat is not. Like I said, we already have linebackers in Lavonte David and Deion Buchanan. Kendall Beckworth may not even be able to play, which is a sad story if you haven't heard about that. Got in a car accident a year ago and it may not even be cleared for this year. That's how bad of a car accident it was. But run two linebackers. We still have Vernon Hargraves. I think we still have Vernon Hargraves. I think we exercise this option. Let me double. Yes. Okay. So we have Vernon Hargraves still. Let's develop. Let's draft the safety. The dude, the, the, the Johnson kid from Florida. Adams from Mississippi State, the dude from Delaware, I can't pronounce his name. There's a lot of talent in the secondary. We can get their second-round pick. And a deep wide receiver class, and a deep running back class. Ideal draft, it goes Oliver, one of the, in my opinion, Oliver, one of the safeties, whether it's Johnson or I think Nasser Lee from Delaware. Round three, get your boy Henderson, you can blow me about right now. Round four, receiver. And then round – I, I want to get a tight end later in the well, – not a tight end. I want to get – just get some O-line and de- just take a flyer on a pass rusher. That's the ideal draft for the Bucks for me. Very quickly, let me hear your love. In in 30 seconds, describe the type of player Daryl Henderson, Henderson could be. And then if you have any dis- disagreements with my draft path for the Bucks. The only thing I would disagree with is instead of that third round pick being spent on Henderson, as much as I love him, um, I think there's a lot. I think the running back position is so deep. We could wait and take a running back in the fifth round, get productivity out of him, and I'd like to see O line in second or third round. Um, outside of that, only other thing I wanted to add on the Ed Oliver thing is he went to Houston. But he had offers from Bama and LSU were in his top three. Stayed home, to th- Stayed home to go to Houston too, yeah. Tom Herman, that's why. Mm-hmm. I don't think we would be talking about Ed Oliver in his size if he would have gone to LSU or Alabama. I mean, he'd be, like, he'd be there with Quinn and Williams. I don't, I don't think we would be talking about it at all. And it's kind of the same thing with Aaron Donald. He went to Pitt, not a big, bat, not a big football school. Mm-hmm. 
people, oh, you know, he didn't play against SEC, didn't play against ACC, didn't this and that. Who cares, man? He balled. And I'm right there with you on the Ed Oliver thing. He was a five-star coming out. Literally, everyone's known he's going to be awesome since since he's been there. Um, Daryl Henderson, though. Um, there's not a bona fide number one back, but if there was one back that I wanted to hands down have in this draft, it would be him. His The way he runs outside zone, his vision with it is awesome. He can make his, – his lateral cuts are fantastic. He, he runs the ball um, – Honestly, he would be a great replacement for Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. Um, takes good care of the football, can extend plays, has the explosion, um, has the strength. If you haven't ever watched his film, I highly recommend going and watching it because he's just a jo- that Memphis offense is fun, regardless. But um, I people say that that jo- like I remember when people when the national championship just got over and all this and people were talking draft like oh josh jacobs he's awesome you know this and that and i'm like mm, nah bro not on tape enough not he, a, yeah not enough tape for people he, he he he's like top six back for me right now maybe top five but henderson has been my dude if he would have played in the bowl game memphis would have won their bowl game he was the main reason why he was why you why when Scott Frost was at his last year at UCF, why they stayed in that game is because he was breaking off run after run after run after run after run. Just a dude that can make... My favorite thing, my favorite ability about a running back is being able to make the first guy miss and get extra yards. Can you make the first guy miss and get a couple extra yards? Mm -hmm. Because the first time you do it, it may only make one guy miss. You have another guy there, you get three or four extra yards. Later in the game, third, fourth quarter, people getting gassed, people getting tired. You make one guy miss. That second guy's more tired than he was before. You make a second guy miss, and you're gone. Gone. And his change of direction, especially in an outside zone where he has chance to scan the field. His vision's awesome. Scan the field, hit the hole, and then make a guy miss is second to none in this draft class. Second to none. Well, I said he needed 30 seconds. He gave me two and a half minutes, which is all I, which should have expected but hey man it's great as always that's a great way to end like we said bucks i have them at 10 and 6 right now on first glance i need to dive into the schedule a little more you have them at 9 and 7 we need to dive into the schedule a little more maybe come back after the draft go over this maybe look at some notes and stuff but bucks please draft that over don't overthink this and then get a weapon in daryl henderson or someone later in the draft and that will be it. Noah, my man, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for letting me take my 30 seconds into two and a half minutes. Hey, man, it's what I'm here for. This is the No, this is the no Ordinary Pod on the No Ordinary Pods and Radio St. Pete Network. We'll be ba- we should have the logo and all that stuff up, Instagram stuff. We're going to, yes, unfortunately, I'm going to be turning into the guy who's like, add us on Instagram and all that stuff. Maybe not that. Maybe I'm just like, hey, just go to check out our YouTube channel. Nice, simple things I'd like to do. So, everyone... Enjoy your Easter weekend. Be with your family if you can. If not, sorry. Um, listen to this podcast. Maybe ease your tensions a little bit. We'll be back with a lot of NFL draft content next week. So, everyone, have a good one.